senator, while insisting he was not intoxicated, could not explain his nudity. I'm not normally a praying man, but if you're up there, please save me, Superman! Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've caught me doing. Hi, and welcome to the Crisis on Infinite Midlives podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. And <laughs> God damn it, that's cheerful. <laughs> Have you obtained methamphetamines and are you hiding them from me? My skin is covered in bugs. Stay out of my pills. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you want to stay out of those pills. <laughs> They're not for amateurs, for Christ's sake. We've gone off the rails already. This is horrible. Frogs, frogs, I'm covered in frogs. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Welcome to the Crisis on Infinite Midlife show. Uh, this is episode 14. I do not the have... The Fist of Finger. We're not going to do that. That's not a thing we're going to do. Fistful of TV? Well, <laughs> well yeah, sure, why not? No well, title, we'll, he said. We'll figure it out, he said. Well, and we will, in <laughs> fact, figure it out. What do you want from me? <laughs> this is a screwed up weekend as it is. We're taping this on Saturday. Uh, it'll air such as it is on <laughs> Sunday. We're taping it on Saturday. Happy Mother's Day. <clears throat> yes, because of Mother's Day. My mom is... Uh, I won't be seeing my mom. She's in Florida denying that I exist or that she has anything to do with me. And I will be taking my mother into lovely downtown Boston. And I will be uh, pretending that my father is a 12-pack of yingling and he See, and I Jack will... Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels, that'll work. <laughs> we will be hanging out and watching television. Bonding. <laughs> well, it'll be a short bond. <laughs> so, yeah, we're doing this on Saturday. So, and we're half screwed up as it is because it was a weird morning it was well cat let us sleep until nine kind of yes parker the kitten our, our mascot kind of let us sleep in i mean such as it is i passed out drunk on the couch until four thirty, and woke up with him walking behind me on the couch smacking me in the head <laughs> he so, was just helping oh indeed i'm sure it wasn't hey, hey are you dead can i eat you now well, you don't like it when I do that either, but fortunately he has no language center. Well, <laughs> yeah, the, the stark reality of waking up to are you dead, that's not the way you want to start your goddamn day. So he let us sleep in, but we don't clip the cat's nails because most mornings my hands are shaking and I just don't have the confidence I'm not going to hurt the animal. So It's a very smart approach. So we, we bring him to the vet, and every time we bring him to the vet to get his claws clipped, he remembers that one time we brought him there, and it wasn't his claws that got clipped. And yeah. He, he just he, he claws and hisses and is just miserable, so I put it off for as long as humanly possible. And it didn't help that his carrier was basically a cardboard box with holes. Yeah, because when we first found him, we didn't know if we were going to have to give him back to somebody because he just came up to us in the street. So I got the cheapest fucking thing that you could carry a cat in that wasn't a burlap sack. You know how hard it is like, to find a burlap sack like these days? If parents had like a, a, a stroller that was made out of a cardboard box with holes, they would take the child away. Yeah, but you can stuff a cat in there and nobody seems to mind. Even cat lovers. What's in the box? It's a box of cat. I got What's a, in the box? I got a box of cat and I'm going to haul it to the vet to have testicles removed. So, yeah, he finally figured out after four visits, including the one where he was neutered, it's like, oh, I can eat this fucking box and never have to go back. <laughs> yeah. So it was a combination of, I got this new carrier that's soft-sided that I have to try to somehow, he does not want to voluntarily get into this thing. No. It's, you know, it was hard enough with a 
a hard-sided cardboard box. This is like trying to ram toothpaste into the tube. He doesn't want to go in. But because it was unfamiliar, he was okay with it. And so, But yeah, as soon as he's closed in something, he knows what's coming. So I've, I've got this angry cat in a two-seat convertible. Yep. <laughs> driving him to the vet and claws everywhere, and he's angry. He didn't hiss this time. That's good. Because his hiss, his hisses smell of rage and death, and it's just Which is horrifying. quite amazing. He's less than 10 pounds, so... He's an eight and a half pound, but he's fucking terrifying when he wants I'm to be. I'm pretty sure there are some guinea pigs that are larger than this cat is. Uh, yeah, but guinea pigs are good eating. <laughs> I've seen the Anthony Bourdain thing, but... <laughs> So he was all screwed up all goddamn morning, and then we decided it was lunchtime and went to a place that used to be a nice Italian market where you can get a meatball sub. And now is is a lovely like, handmade, artisan-crafted charcuterie uh, depot, and yeah. uh, they make sandwiches that will cost you um, more than $10 it's a yeah. fucking fedora Each. farm is what it is. It's, it's <laughs> hipster central. Fedora and goatee farm, yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. I'm standing there waiting for you to, to get the sandwiches. And this man with a, no bullshit, a waxed fucking mustache. Yeah, yeah. The Wyatt Earp of greater Boston <laughs> just shoves this piece of meat at me to taste my blood sausage. I'm uh, like, you're going to need to give me $75. I think he started off by saying, here, try my sausage, wink. And then... <laughs> uh, he, he didn't wink. <laughs> and because... then after the fact told you it was made of blood. Because <laughs> if he had winked and I still took it instinctively, that makes me question things about me that it's I thought was long settled. Free since... sausage full of blood. I want you to think about what you did. Yeah, it's it was <laughs> spicy Spanish sausage full of blood. So... Okay, I need you to carry this for a second. Yeah, so it's been an odd day. Slow flight. Because I was going to say, and we're trying this with Parker actually in the studio, which we normally don't do because he had such a big morning, he was friggin' wiped out. And now he's starting to claw at things. So Amanda has left the console, and up, Parker is taking a slow flight. He's been lifted into the air. His eyes are full of rage and hate, and he's around the corner. I believe Amanda is offering him a spicy sausage. I don't really understand what's happening here, but okay. And now, okay, Parker has been successfully removed from the studio. Parker has left the studio. Excellent. All right. Parker was deposited in the other bedroom. <laughs> so it, it was going to be an experiment to see if he could behave himself. And, and he uh, lasted? He lasted uh, six minutes and 42 seconds. All right. <laughs> so uh, the uh, the control says no, he, he cannot behave himself. <laughs> So, to be fair, he also knows when you're talking about him, we may have instigated it. Well, he can't possibly. <laughs> I don't call him Parker, the stupid shitbag. But champ, champ, sometimes right. champ, champ when he's not, Buddy. you know, attacking my ankles or <laughs> you know, attempting to modify my face. So, long story short, it's it's been a strange day, and this is not when we normally do our our taping so we're in kind of a weird headspace this could be this could be a weirder one than normal kids so <laughs> but earlier not it's uh the big 
I guess it's comics news sort of Kinda. this week was geek culture yeah, news geek comics culture ish was everything that happened with all the goddamn comics TV shows that are starting out. Yes. You know, there will be a glut of them. Yeah. I mean, all the TV studios are doing their upfronts and part of that is also they're announcing what's been picked up from pilot and what's been canceled. And later on, I'll be pouring one out for community. Oh, RIP community. Yeah. And, uh, and even Surviving Jack, which has no geek credit, I just like to get drunk and watch a man be angry in 1991. It reminds me of me. <laughs> and it's Chris Maloney. I'll watch him read the phone book. It's <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because so... he might get angry and then rip the phone book in half. I, I just keep hoping. <laughs> <laughs> I could live with that. So, all right. So, what do you got? On the Marvel side, they announced uh, number one Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been renewed. Yes. Which, it, it really... Looked like it might not happen for a while. I, I'm filled with relief. A, a lot of chatter on various forums were people who were very disappointed with the show because uh, there were a bunch of made-up Marvel characters that didn't previously exist in the Marvel Universe. Um, and then what few actual Marvel characters showed up were... Um, wildly neutered or done in some very different fashion than had previously existed in canon Deathlock, for example. Um, well, yeah, nobody, I think, was screaming to see Deathlock <laughs> in any form or sort no. on TV. You know, does anybody need Deathlock the way he is now with what looks like a fucking hockey pad on his chest? <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, you've got a point, and we watched it. Right from the beginning, yeah. we were excited about it. It did they not. They got Lola right, I think, though. I mean, well, I mean, uh, hard yeah. to screw up a flying car. You're going to do Shield. You got to have some of those Steranko touches, and yeah. you know, unless they're going to send each and every one of us a tab of acid so we can see some of Steranko's psychedelic <laughs> shit for ourselves, the flying 1960s Corvette is a good a place to start as any. Yeah, but uh, yeah, right from the beginning, it started slow. I mean, uh, Zach Whedon. Uh, and, oh, Christ, I never, Marissa. Uh, Tonsheron or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> clearly went for the, the Joss Whedon archetypes of, you know, a couple of geeky Scooby gangs, you know, s strong woman or two, uh, mysterious, handsome stranger. You know, it's like you could order a Scooby gang from Ikea, just <laughs> Alan wrench them together. So, Scooby gang from Ikea. But. No, because that... if it's from Ikea, it's, it's not going to go together smoothly like a Whedon Scooby Gang. An Ikea Scooby Gang is going to make you full of, like, hate and rage <laughs> and will fall down the second you put something heavy on it. Well, it's... It's, uh, sometime around episode seven or eight where it was yet another case of the week. It was, yeah. <laughs> and Scooby Gang from Ikea is a front runner now for the title of this fucking episode. <laughs> but anyway, it, it started slow, and it was case of the week stuff, and... It definitely benefited from Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Yes. It gave it a, a focus suddenly, which is a weird thing for a TV show where the biggest event, the biggest climax and turning point, and it doesn't even happen in the show. It, yeah, it takes place um, off screen, as it were, on the big screen elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, so I'm wondering what percentage of people are watching... Marissa Tancheron, Tancheron. Okay, I don't even know how to pronounce it. I'm sorry, I screwed up your name, ma'am. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, I'll try to remember to put it in the show notes. But Jed Whedon, 
was the uh, the Whedon. What did I say, Zach? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Zach may have had something at some point to do with it, but it's uh, Jed. Look, it's four thirty on a Saturday, and I'm sober. I'm not used to this. I'm, I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> I can't stop my hands from shaking. This is why you had to take him to the vet to get his snails clipped. Yeah, but it's, uh, it started slow. I don't think there was any moment of definitely. Oh yeah, this is a slam dunk to get renewed. Yeah. Um, it definitely has improved uh, with the whole. Hydra and S.H.I.E.L.D. disintegrating. What the hell they're going to call this show next year? I have no idea. Death to Abercrombie. Angels of <laughs> Death to Abercrombie. <laughs> uh, you know, Joss Whedon is the guy who uh, put... Oh, Jesus. Again, I'm sober. Who played Tara on uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Who played Tara? Yeah. Um, Amber Benson. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Amber Benson put her in the opening credits only for the episode where she was killed. Why not kill... <laughs> Yeah, one of our contributors. His, his face is on the box. Yeah, <laughs> you know? One of our contributors, uh, Trebuchet, calls uh, Agent Ward Abercrombie and Fitch. Just Can we kill Abercrombie and Fitch now, please? <laughs> and it's uh, they're trying like hell to give him some kind of backstory and anything, you know, but, you know, a six pack and some learned Krav Maga moves from, from the stunt coordinator. It's too weird to live, too beautiful to die. <laughs> no, you kill his ass. I'm fine with it. <laughs> Kill him. You can kill half of them. Just keep uh, Fitz and Simmons and uh, and Colson. Yeah. And uh, yeah, start over. <laughs> start over. Yeah, just uh, pull some people out of tanks. Uh, some life model decoys. Oh, Colson, I'm with agents of derp. <laughs> <laughs> agents of amateur. <laughs> agents of colander holes. All that. all right. That's a stretch, but um, so. Uh, that was renewed. I'm glad it's renewed. It, it restored my initial faith in it over the last few months. We'll see if it can stick the landings. Next week, the, the finale? Yes, next week is the finale. We will see what happens with uh, Abercrombie's mem- mentor, Chet. Um, Chet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was, as an aside, it was a decent reveal that he actually was a cyborg. Uh, he's playing John Garrett, uh, who was originally in Electra Assassin, who was a complete Frank Miller creation for this particular book, and he was a cyborg in this weird alternate shield universe, and you know, then... I'm just happy Bill Paxton's getting work. I like Bill Paxton. And, and when they finally take him out, I'm just going to be drunk and standing in front of the TV going, Game over, man! Game over! Because well, <laughs> I have to. And that's the thing. That's the <laughs> most, When it comes to gung-ho, anything he did after Chet... <laughs> uh, uh, not a, no, uh, not after Chet, after Hudson, rather. <laughs> yeah, after Hudson. You know. <laughs> or Chet, in some, in some yeah. niche. Some, yeah, go ahead. His, <laughs> Bill Paxton's John Garrett is not gung-ho. I don't, he's like, he's like if, uh, if uh, Jesus, I just said the character he played in Aliens. I'm the really Hudson? having trouble today. If, if Hudson, like, evened out with some Xanax, <laughs> it's a game over, man. <laughs> We've we've got nukes. We've got sharp sticks. It's just sort of <laughs> just mellowly hail Hydra. Yep. Suddenly he's turned into Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. <laughs> just like a shade above McConaughey, and somehow it takes somebody as empty as Abercrombie and Fitch for this to be his 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 life. You know, that this is my mentor. Your mentor was like a weird troll slug via Kelly LeBrock about 20 years ago. What are you doing with your life? Yeah, it'd be like... <laughs> yeah, it, it would be like if, like, John from California, like, built himself a cult of <laughs> devoted followers with angry weapons. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
So I, I like Bill Paxton. Would I have cast him as John Garrett? I don't know. But it's but, all right. Well, then in that case, who would you have cast? I have no idea. I will right, think about that. John Garrett <laughs> is one of those characters. He was so unique and individual for the needs of Electra Assassin. I know that uh, D.G. Chichester brought Garrett back in his run on Daredevil, which is a sinkhole of death and suck that I've not revisited since the 1990s and simply don't care. But. I don't think there's anybody that you realistically could cast um, because the way that Sienkiewicz drew him. <laughs> well, I mean, visually, there's there's no real model to it. It's like if Lee Van Cleef fell into a vat of monoxidil. But... It's, yeah, it's, it's like if you put giant, giant shoulder pads on Magnum P.A. Yeah. So... <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Thomas Magnum, I think, is a little bit. Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck. <laughs> It, that he, he'd be just too cheerful. You Magnum, know. Tom Magnum. It, 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 come on, Higgins, <laughs> hail Hydra. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, visually, I don't know. but And again, it's just, he's a character from such a singular story. It has never, ever occurred to me you know, who Actually, would play Actually, you know, if, if, he, if he wanted to slum on TV, um, um, Benicio Del Torres actually would probably be a good Garrett based on this character design. Visual, I could see that. You certainly can get the the mania going. Yeah. But. Cause I'm looking at a picture here of, of uh, Garrett on the bed with Electra, And I'm like, yeah, I, I could see that. <laughs> yeah, and I'm also seeing that picture of him in, uh, in his fantasy of Electra <laughs> riding him like a donkey. <laughs> you looking at the same page I am? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's right next to it. I've read Electra well, Assassin. I can't unsee that now. Well, I've read Electra <laughs> Assassin a hundred times. Believe me, that's that's one of the iconic images, particularly if you read it when you're 17 years old. <coughs> I've seen me. some of the movies that Benicio Del Torres has been in. He, he might dig that. I don't know. It's very possible. <laughs> Dr. Gonzo from yeah. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Yeah, he'd has do anything, it. Has anything weirder than Hunter Thompson? <laughs> Hail Hydra <laughs> Agent Garrett. Get your fucking hands off my neck. <laughs> so. So the show has definitely improved. I'm glad it's been renewed. The last few weeks have renewed the initial faith I had in it. Uh, Marvel is also now doubling down. They just announced they're going to do an Agent Carter series with <laughs> with uh, Haley Atwell, yes. uh, who played Sharon Carter in Captain America, the first Avenger. Not the and- first episode, just her sitting by the phone eating chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> waiting for a call that never comes. If somebody had to say that on this show, I'm glad it was the female host. (laughs) Jesus Christ, you're the worst kind of person. Hail Hydra. (laughs) That's right, she'd just be sitting by the phone earning 63% of a man. Eating chocolate. Eating chocolate. A couple gay cowboys eating pudding. That's a a different movie. (laughs) Um, so yeah, apparently it's going to take place uh, right after World War II, where she's trying to deal with the fact that now all the all the men are back from the war and feel they can take her position. She's doing secret work for Howard Stark, trying to make her place. Mary Tyler Moore with a machine gun or something like oh, that. Oh God, <laughs> Maud with a rifle. I thought Maud had a rifle. No. It's, <laughs> I don't know, in the 70s I was watching Mork for Mork. What do you want from me? <laughs> I think my mom was making me watch Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. <laughs> um, so I, mean, I certainly think that she was good as Sharon Carter in the first Captain America. Oh, yeah. Um, 
I'm this isn't something I, I wasn't screaming for more stories about this character. No, but what I am hoping is because you know one of the things that kind of concerns me is I I as a geek I'm very happy to see this glut of superhero programming. But I'm also still a little gun-shy for how Heroes went south, and there were so many factors for why it did, but it went south and kind of poisoned the well for the genre as far as um, TV properties were concerned for a pretty long time. Um, I'm concerned that, you know, there's a good chance that at least one, if not more of these, may may suck out loud so hard that it kills it for the rest of, of the properties, potentially. Well, one or more of these shows we're going to talk about today will totally suck out loud. We Although, can probably guess which ones. Smallville managed to suck out loud for most of its existence and not... <laughs> well, yeah, but that was a whole Different separate <laughs> animal which we may get into. Although uh, I kind of am hopeful, and this is this is just me blindly speculating. Brubaker um, you know, was very proud of how uh, Winter Soldier, the movie, did, and that was his... I hesitate to say, hesitate to say property because he didn't own it. He just wrote that run. It's his story. It's his story. Um, and I've been reading uh, Fatal, which has got like two issues to go before he wraps that up, which is a really great sort of Cthulhu femme noir story. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, if any property, if if Agent Carter does anything, I hope it's to sort of glamorize femme fatale noir stuff in a spy kind of setting because I'd like to see um, HBO because I think they would be the ones that would have to do it, pick up Fatal as a series. Because I, I think with Penny Dreadful coming out in that particular genre, yeah, I think if there's if there's a property ripe to be um, adapted, it would be Fatal. Yeah, no, I can totally, particularly after True Detective hit, yeah. which was a you know, hardcore noir-ish detective story with flawed characters and a supernatural-ish, at least, tone to it. Yep. You know, it could definitely be picked up. Yeah, I'd love to see Brubaker write some of these Agent yeah. Carter shows, except he's busy writing Maniac Cop. <laughs> he's writing Maniac Cop and rolling in money. <laughs> but you know, more late 1940s kind of adventures. What I would honestly rather see, you know, we were talking about Steranko before. Yep. Up it to the 1960s and do some of those, you know, you obviously can't have Nick Fury, but... Yeah, the adventures against Scorpio yeah. and AIM and Hydra, you know, in that era. Although uh, AIM's goofy beekeeper outfit doesn't look good on the comics page. It's not going to translate well to the TV. <laughs> As opposed to Deathlock, which has looked awesome on TV. AIM can only <laughs> benefit from a, a reduced budget. Wait, wait. Oh. I was hazmat guy number one in, in AIM, the adventures <laughs> of... of... <laughs> I was kicked in the balls by Agent <laughs> Carter. It was ball target six yeah. in episode nine. I couldn't tell without the thing on your head. The, the <laughs> fist of Strucker. <laughs> nice. But if they could modify that, I mean, Hydra's not running around in their stupid green uniforms anywhere. And True. So, I don't know, those 1960s. Know, they, they, might, they might sleep in them. It might be know. their jammies. And particularly since we just had the one movie in New Avenger... Uh, Captain America New Avenger that was in the 40s. Yep. We haven't seen anything in the interim. You know, if you're looking for a period piece, you know, shit, Mad, Man certain, Mad Men has certainly done well with the, the 60s feel. Yes, absolutely. You know, I don't know where you'd get a hold of Jim Steranko. It's not like he's on Twitter 
I know. for six God. hours every Sunday night. <clears throat> you know, didn't he? I think I read somewhere it, he's reviewing Shield every week for some print magazine, and we don't read a lot of print magazines that don't have pictures. Was it a print magazine? I think so, but if only I had a device that connected to the internet. Yes, yes, indeed, but. So, I mean, it, it could be interesting. I think they're missing an opportunity with this show. I'd like to see more 1960s stuff. I'm not all that interested about... Because the reality is, when it comes to comic books, once you get into the late 40s, there's not a lot of history there to talk about because that's when in Earth Zero, Earth He's One... It for Hollywood Reporter, and you can get it online. Okay, well, I've not seen it, but... Yeah. But anyway, that's the period when horror comics were taken over and superhero yeah. comics, except for the big ones like Superman and Batman, were on the wayside. There's not a lot of Marvel Universe history to draw on there. Right. Yeah, certainly nothing anybody thinks of classic. Everybody thinks of Namor versus the Human Torch in the late 30s, early 40s, and the Invaders. and Yeah. And, and then... And then silence. And then <laughs> something. And then Fin Fang Foom. Yep. Then stuff. And then Fantastic Four. Stuff? You remember stuff? I, I'm good. I thought you drank. Agent Carter. Agent of stuff. <laughs> agent of reasons. <laughs> agent of reasons. So, I mean. It's, agent of because. Fuck you. That's yeah, why. Because fuck you. That's why. So it's just it's not a period where I can think of anything I really want to see you know, emboldened out. You know, they're yeah. really going to sort of be on their own. There's not you know awesome Marvel history that jumps to anybody's mind based on that period. No, but what I, I get in the sense with with Agent of Carter, we may see, and they teased it in the last episode of Agent of Shield, is we probably are going to have a stretch up front of here are the goofy gadgets of the Howling Commandos and similar. I can see that, but again, now you're talking spy stuff, which screams James Bond, which is better placed in the 60s. Yeah, but they also have a, a they probably have enough stuff they can draw on from, uh, they, they can take what they need from some older Captain America stories and twist that content probably for the purposes of at least the initial run. I'm sure you can come up with something, but... You know, I, I'd have to, even at Comic-Con, if I grabbed 10 people randomly and said, what's your favorite 1952 Marvel story? I couldn't, uh, I doubt I could find someone who could tell me anything. <laughs> Minnie the fucking model? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you, you make a good point. You make a good point. So they, this is where they may just go wildly off book. Yeah, and could be awesome with no serious marvel history to deal with you know write your own ticket yeah yeah it could work out i just think they're missing a bet yeah go the full steranko jesus all right <laughs> so outside of marvel uh one of the other big ones is uh gotham yeah <laughs> so yes yes which uh, <laughs> has been picked up and apparently uh i think it's going to be on the fall schedule although they haven't said anything in particular yes and it's going to be the story of a young jim gordon and whoever it is that's playing Harvey Bullock looks like a doughy Harrison Ford in this promo picture. Who's playing Harvey? I don't know. Who's playing Harvey? <laughs> the the person who's playing Harvey will guarantee that this show doesn't last past a season. It's fucking Oh, Donald that's right. Logue. It's Donald Logue. 
I we, I wonder if they did that to his picture on purpose so that nobody knows who he was so that he doesn't kill the show immediately. So he doesn't get past the curse. <laughs> we love Don't Alone. We, yeah, we caveat, we love Don't yeah, Alone. We love Terriers <laughs> and the Knights of Prosperity and Grounded for Life. And except for Grounded for Life, everything he touches And I really been... liked him in, in Blade 2. <laughs> yeah, but when it comes to TV, everything he touches is killer and spectacular and, then and dies, dies like a pig in a shoot. It's just... Ignomiously. So, <laughs> yeah. So I'm psyched he's in a property like this that I'm likely going to watch. The fact that he's in it means <laughs> I'm only going to watch it for one season. <laughs> Who's Harvey Bullock? Jesus Christ. You know, you couldn't remember Hudson, all right? <laughs> in my defense, I am an alcoholic. <laughs> Don't look. I'm sorry I called you a pasty, doughy Harrison Ford. <laughs> Please accept my heartfelt... Um, yeah. He's Donal Logue. Beyond your hired, that's probably the best thing he's been called all day. <laughs> she said I looked like Harrison Ford. <laughs> but, I mean, you were talking about Smallville. They're they're going for yeah. Smallville they're going here. For Smallville. The focus is going to be, uh, on the obviously, on the Gotham cops, but they've got a teenage-ish Bruce Wayne. Yep. Yeah, which means you can deal with some of the characters and younger versions of other characters because I've already said there's going to be a younger Selena Kyle. Yeah, uh, They just put out uh, publicity a publicity still that shows somebody who is just clearly you know, around the same age who's going to be Poison, Poison Ivy. Ivy. So, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. We've got a lot of pollen here in Boston today and my throat is dying. But <laughs> So, yeah, it's... Yeah, if any if one if any one of these has the the potential to be the one that sucks out loud, it will be this one. But you know, people also felt that way about Arrow, and Arrow is actually getting stronger with each season. So yeah, Arrow maybe? season two has been <laughs> it'll be all right. Has been killer. It it might be fine. Yeah, you know, look, they've a show called Gotham based on the cops. You can go to those Gotham Central books, which right. are some great comics. Right. Um, if they really want to make it a police procedural. I want to see a young Renee Montoya. Yeah, I mean, that would be cool. I mean, but but yeah, it's... I just don't have enough of a sense yet. Is this really going to be about the cops with Bruce Wayne and Alfred and everybody being just sort of ancillary? Are they thinking, ooh, a split focus and let's do Smallville for Batman? Ugh, no. Which is not going to work. They tried something similar with Birds of Prey when Smallville was huge. You know, Batman with no Batman, nobody gave a fuck. That's going to be the thing that kills this. Right, and that's, yeah. At least they've got someone named Bruce Wayne. <laughs> yeah, but nobody gives a shit about Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> no. Yeah, but yeah, they could go full Law and Order, Gotham City. <laughs> they should have just gotten Dick Wolf and done that. That would have been awesome. And that's where Chris Maloney should have wound up. <laughs> yeah. <it's... laughs> and got... again, sorry, Donald Logue. There's your Bullock. <laughs> In Gotham City, in the pursuit of justice, there are two distinct forces. <laughs> the, the courts who try criminals and the underwear perverts who catch them. <laughs> These are their stories. <laughs> dun, dun. <laughs> and how do you get Munch in there? Because Munch has been in all of them. So. Uh, he'll be the supervillain. <laughs> He's finally snapped. He's like, I've been a cop everywhere and everywhere sucks and I can't help anything. Make him the Joker. Yeah. That's the thing that concerns... Back to some seriousness. That's the thing that concerns me the most about what I'm hearing. The uh, the showrunner, what's his name? Bruno, Bruno Mars? Heller. Oh. Bruno Mars, yeah. <laughs> Bruno Heller 
has said they intend to tackle the Joker, um, whether it's sooner rather than later. Uh, not really sure at this point. They're just going to tackle the Joker. It's, it's going to be him, uh, <laughs> and they're just going to fall on him. <laughs> yeah, but the Joker without Batman... Is pointless. Is it, It's worse than pointless. It doesn't make any sense. They're right. so intertwined. Their origins... Uh, not their origins, but the Joker's origins. The Joker doesn't exist without Batman in yeah, they're, any they're sense. Yeah, they're symbiotic, and... The Joker has no purpose in existing. He exists specifically to be the flip side of Batman. Yeah. So, yeah, if they wanted to do the Red Hood, yeah, yeah, there's a bunch of different takes you could do on that. From uh, what Snyder is doing with Zero Year, with you know, oh, it's a big crime wave, to the pathetic, you know, oh Jesus, I just need money to feed my feed my wife from killing joke yep but i don't want to see the joker without a batman there it doesn't make sense i don't i don't want to see some like acid factory teased every week like (laughs) (laughs) yeah don't tease it you sell me that acid (laughs) we're not talking about the same thing are we i don't think so damn it so yeah i mean because of the cast if they really go into gotham central you know a gritty police story in a city that's really out of control. Yeah, I could get behind that, but they're just going to get caught up so quickly in winks and nods. You know, that's a Batman story without bat. Again, birds of prey tried that. Right. Yeah. And this short, the cast and the focus on regular cops as opposed to superheroes feels like the birds of prey of arrow. Yep. It does. But you know, they could, if they're looking to do, a story, you know, about police in a really rough city. Please nod more towards taking cues from the wire and less from, you know, that last thing that died. What was it? Detroit 187 or what was that? Thing? Oh, yeah. Well, Detroit 187, which was yeah. homicide life on the street in Detroit. Well, it tried to be. It tried Let's to say, be. Guys, watch homicide life on the street. Watch the wire. <laughs> exactly. So, Watch Law and Order SVU, for fuck's sake, don't. Uh, yeah, oh, good lord. Uh, what else has gotten picked up? Just looking at my notes here. Um, I Zombie got picked up. I Zombie got picked up. That's one, I read one or two issues that didn't really stick to my head a lot. It was okay. I mean, it it was fluffy. I mean, I, it's like, all right, now fluffy. I'm a zombie. It, well, I mean, it's as fluffy as anything that... It's it's Mike Allred art, and something about Mike Allred art always for me just makes everything kind of fun and fluffy, like not in a bad way, but just I can see that <laughs> it, it makes sense. It gives it sort of a retro feel. And, and this is the guy that's doing you know Batman sixty six right now. Exactly, so. <laughs> it, it gives it that sixties feel, which yeah. you know just takes the eighties nineties dark out of almost anything. But. Yeah, and apparently it's not going to be a direct adaptation. Uh, who's the showrunner? Rob Thomas or yep. something? It is yeah. Rob Thomas. Um, it said basically, yeah, he's taking the main character, Gwen, who learned memories in the book, and now she's working in a morgue, and she will be eating brains to pick up memories to do some kind of case of the week thing. Because that worked so well for, like, Wonderfalls and Pushing Daisies. Yeah, but, <laughs> you know, 
it's one of the, I, I don't have much of an attachment to the original yeah, book. I don't either. You know, let's face reality. The title has zombie in it. Yeah. Uh, after The Walking Dead, I could yeah. start an indie comic called, guys, called so. Zombie Cum Guzzlers and probably get optioned at least on Hulu. I'm so. pretty sure that that um, that's probably already been made. <laughs> oh, it's been made. And you find it on the internet, but not the kind of places you think. <laughs> so. I'm sure Vivid Entertainment owns that right. <laughs> <laughs> well, if not, they do now, and they owe us 10%. Anyway. <laughs> Um, the other big one that could really go either way, and we've done a couple posts at least about, you know, the casting on it is Constantine, which NBC's picked up. Um, and frankly, if NBC's going to do it, they should have just waited a week or two. And after they canceled Community, they could have gotten Joel McHale to be John Constantine and they they could have, they could have gone full Keanu with the property. I don't know how I would have felt about that. (laughs) Never go full Keanu. Never. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, a couple of pictures have come out. We posted one, and I'll probably stick one in the show notes for this. The uh, the lead guy, um, God, what's his name? Matt's Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. Thank you. Um, at least in the original, still he's got the look down, that, yep. except for the cigarette. He had better goddamn well be smoking in this show. I say that as an ex-smoker, so but maybe he'll vape. <laughs> yeah. Trust me, I've been using an e-cigarette for four <laughs> years. It's not the fucking same. No, but at least in the promo picture, they they put like you know mystical spirit, smoky stuff around them to at least kind of ape that. That could be after taco night. That doesn't mean a goddamn <laughs> thing. But it, at Magical least they tacos. say again. Magical tacos. Magical tacos. Yeah. <laughs> These tacos are evil. Yeah, you're Taco Bell. What did you fucking think was going to happen? <laughs> I cast the outs. You're Please. gonna. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna. Oh, God. But uh, so yeah, I mean that's been picked up. Apparently, they've got uh, Lucy Griffiths, who is... was Nora in True Blood, yes. one of uh, Godric's creatures, I think, in last season or the season before. Okay. Um, she's gonna be playing somebody called Liv, who can see ghosts or the supernatural or or some such thing. Yeah, if there's a show that's primed to be case of the week. Yeah, yeah, it's at least to start, yeah. It's yeah, certainly you could string together stuff, but if the yeah, if there's a natural successor to the Night Stalker, which is really the first show, anything like yes, like this, it's probably did Constantine. They, did Night Stalker predate Dark Shadows? I honestly don't know because I feel like they may, may have been around the same time. It, probably uh, Night Stalker, I think, was late '60s, early '70s. Okay. It was before I was uh, old enough to be conscious of TV. Well, I was conscious of TV, but (laughs) Night Stalker wasn't on fucking Mr. Rogers, I don't think. I'd have woken up screaming a lot more. I'd still be waking up screaming. All right, Dark Shadows was 1966 to 71. Okay. And Cole, Jack. But while you're you're looking at that. Kolchak was 74. Okay. All right, so... Yeah, but technically, Dark Shadows was a daytime show. So fine, the real prime time. Yeah. Beginner of everything from Constantine to X-Files to Twin Peaks to everything else is Kolchak Night Stalker. So... Although, you know, somewhere out there, Abraham Van Helsing is just like, I can only be myself. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, that's true. But so I, I don't know. I honestly don't know how I feel about this. First of all, we don't know what Constantine we're getting. It's called Constantine, not Hellblazer. Yep. Um, and he's and in what is the beginning of a departure from uh, the book? He's a Londoner, not a Liverpudlian. Um, yeah, they're called Liverpudlians. Yeah, see, you're the one who lived over there for a couple of years. You can't imagine how little I care. <laughs> well, it matters insofar as if you say the character is from um, Beacon Hill in Boston versus Dorchester. Okay. Although I, I suppose it'll, there are a lot of various boroughs in London. I suppose it'll depend on where they decide he is from within London. Okay. <laughs> now, all right, so... That's a departure. I'm not even sure. I mean, in the Constantine book that's going on now, that's on your pull list. Does it say anything about... Well, he's yeah. living in fucking New York in that yeah, book. Yeah, he's living in he? New York. <laughs> All right, so we've already got a problem you know, for Hellblazer fans. Yeah. Um, it's weird, because coming off of Hellblazer, Hellblazer in its own way was always case of the case of the week in quotes. You know, yep. Four-issue miniseries, find this thing, and take care of it. Uh, characters would die and they generally stay dead but none of the major characters you know Chaz was always there um so you're not talking a big arc but at the same time you know for a book with a 20-year history they made it a point at least particular creators did he got older he moved through life it really was an it was an epic story made of individual barely connected stories to get him from 20 uh, years old to <laughs> 40 uh, years old. And actually, that's it's as much as I wasn't thrilled with uh, Milligan's run at the end, it's where the Giuseppe Camunculli art worked because he didn't have to go out of his way to overly age the character. The nature of his line work was enough. Made to, everybody look a thousand years yeah. old. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, this is one of those, I'm not sure what I want from this show you know I'm, I'm not sure i really give a shit about case of the week if constantine the character is not going to go anywhere which I almost want, implies implies serialization i want the arcs to be well plotted one of the things that bothered me i i saw the dresden files show before i ever read the books but having read the books now and gone back it felt like they tried too hard to cherry pick things and it turned it into really a monster of the week kind of thing yeah um, which is wh why it you know died in the cradle at 13 episodes, whereas they really could have spent more time fleshing out characters and you know, Stormfront could have been the first season, like yeah, <laughs> or Stormwatch or whatever the hell it's called. But <laughs> that was Stormfront. Stormfront, thank you. Stormwatch, racist community, right? Yeah, right. there you go. <laughs> Actually, Stormfront, no, Stormfront, racist community. <laughs> Storm Watch, Jim Starlin comic book. Right. Well, uh, currently. Currently, sadly. yeah. So, <laughs> Very sadly. But, uh, so, yeah, I mean, they should probably, in my opinion, take sort of the, the model that Garth Ennis did in that there were individual things that he had to conquer, giving it a case of the week feel, but with characters that would persist yeah. and John's personal story you know, with Kit and recovering from Kit, yes. um, acting as through lines through these individual things that he had to defeat. 
Right. And not to use it as an excuse to, you know, this is the week where we have Shade the Changing Man show up. This is the week that we yeah. have Zatanna show up. This <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they're not going to be able to do a lot of that anyway, although I'll defend Shade the Changing Man but, by Peter Milligan. But I'm saying death, like, but... that's the kind of thing that leads to stunt casting for the week as opposed and it's what Smallville was doing near the end the only ones that were watchable were the jeff johns one where it's like oh let's have the jsa show up this week <laughs> yeah for a show that claimed no tights no flights they really had a lot of flying right. people in, <laughs> in tights but yeah uh, so yeah i mean I, I think it'll be easier to resist uh, that kind of winking guest hosting in constantine because you know let's face it Hellblazer was selling less than ten thousand copies a month by the time it was canceled. You're not dealing with a, you're dealing with a rabid fan base, but not one that can really change the course of Mighty Rivers by screaming, "God damn it! I don't want to see." No, I can't. I can't even get my favorite food website to bring back their recently nuked talk community, and I'm, I'm pretty rabid over there. <laughs> so let's not get off topic here, but um. And yeah, the the other big one uh, is the Flash. Yep, uh, which is a direct spinoff from from, from Arrow. Arrow, uh, who's it? Uh, Grant Gustin, Justin yep. Gustin, I think. I don't know. There's a G. I wrote down a G. I'm but... gonna go, guh, guh. Yeah, like GIF, not Jif, GIF. Yeah, I, I will. <laughs> it, and it, it's almost a. I want to say it's a shame, but it's a shame from me being 18 years old with a John Wesley Ship one that I tried like hell to like. If any of these are going to fail, it's going to be the Flash. It's very likely. It's very likely. But you know, they're they've they've got some good ideas. They've got some good ideas. If there's a character where, if you want to CSI it up, yeah, you know, as a police scientist, they flat out call him a CSI now, right? You know, yeah, give him individual cases. But even then, if you want to try and CSI it up. Isn't there like a new serial killer every week in Vegas? We stopped watching CSI years ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's 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 as though serial killers have all found each other on the internet and converged on Vegas in CSI. Yeah. So <laughs> now they'll all be in Central City. It'll be the serial convention from Sandman every fucking week in Central City. Well, you know that's fine if they have some sort of crossover episode with Constantine, but I don't think they're on the same network, are they? <laughs> no, uh, this is going to be on WB. Yeah. So it's. The thing with the Flash is comic fans like the Flash. Uh, we've seen with Agents of Shield, you can do a lot with special effects now that you couldn't do in 1990 when they, yep, put poor John Wesley's slip into a muscle suit, into a horrible gore condom with oh. lightning bolts on the ears and stuck him on a treadmill and green screen. <laughs> Good luck, buddy. <laughs> but I mean, it's such a completely different character from Arrow. Arrow's been working, working I think, because there's a ton of pulp there, and there's a ton of Batman there. There, There is, and, and Arrow still had a shaky start, but now the thing that they've done right is they've given it a clear focus. You've got Arrow, and you've got Deathstroke. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, there's an arch nemesis. Yeah, and and Deathstroke is, is building his dark scooby gang <laughs> and and arrow is building his scooby gang and you know they will they will go to war on each other um i i i even like that they brought back um john barrowman as merlin um yeah which kind of you know makes you wonder are they going to tease some sort of uh 
Lazarus Pit, which is well, concerning. yeah, we've got League of Assassins <laughs> yeah. involvement, so that's certainly something that that could come up. Nobody's said the words Rachel Ghoul, have they? I, mm, I don't think so. I often don't watch that show sober. No, that's so. often, and that's often when we're we're playing with Parker the uh, the kitten to get him tired out so that he doesn't try to claw our faces in the night. Yeah, so, uh, but Arrow is in its own way an extremely relatable show dude out for revenge and he's had a very good character arc over a couple of seasons yes flash done right flash is an awesome character part of why i wanted to watch that john wesley ship show in the 90s part of it was you know oh jesus after the batman movie i've been reading comics since i was four or five years old finally right. there's stuff i can watch on tv since the nicholas hammond spider-man and incredible oh, yeah, Hulk. absolutely although it was weird for me watching the debut of the character as barry allen because there was so much about um and, and you can correct me because you know a little bit more about that particular universe than i do there was so much more about the characterization it seemed to me in terms of the impulsivity and the you know gosh i want to do this and I just, I really mean well. It seemed like Wally. Yeah, it's, I see it less as Wally, because even though when I was a kid, up until I was 16 years old, barely Allen was the Flash. Wally West is my Flash. For but generations of readers, it's Wally. He felt more like a Wally. I'd say he felt more like a, a Bart yeah. Allen, a more well-meaning Bart Allen. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, when... Flash came back after Crisis on Infinite Earths. He was a 20-year-old who had just won the lottery. He was a jerk. He was That's a philanderer. True. He was, you know, using his power to make money. He was a complex character and that's that first 12 issue run by Baron is only my idea of a classic. I mean, that's my <laughs> Flash. I love that fucking character. <laughs> Yeah, part of it was I was 17, 18 years old, and, you know, oh, yeah, dark, and, oh, he's getting all the chicks, and, you know, I'll read reread them at some point. They're in one of these long boxes. but <laughs> You'll find it eventually. But And then the TV show was Barry Allen, and he just doesn't resonate as well with me. You know, it's there's a reason people in conventions have been screaming for Wally West. It's you know, true. He's, yeah, Wally West was the Flash through the most adult-written period of comics you know, ever and it continues now but Barry Allen doesn't speak to me as much no but you know maybe it, well I mean he's back ish now in the new 52 that's that's got its own set of uh, I hesitate to say controversy because it's it's really a controversy among those that were screaming for him to come back well yeah and that's now that's Dan DiDio and Jeff Johns going, I want comics to be the way they were when I was a kid. And that's fine. That's why everybody has been screaming for Wally West. It's exactly the same fucking reason. It's just a different point of view and a different slice of time. Mm -hmm. you know, everybody wants their comics to be the right ones. Yeah. So, you know, for good or ill, that's how it goes. But, but yeah, I mean, dude running fast, stopping crime. Historically, it's not worked on TV once. No. Special effects are better. It certainly, people take it more seriously writing it. There was a certain amount of camp that I remember, because I've not seen any of those shows since any of them first aired. But Honestly, Mark, I... Mark Hamill is the toy master or maker, whichever <laughs> Oh, God, that was. was so horrible. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, pull that camp out and take it seriously and have it be a police scientist with super speed. But Which was actually, I think if you go back on this website, the way that I pitched it, 
um, months and months and years ago. I, I try not to read our website. I find it distasteful. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's written for third graders. Exactly. God. But I like to say fuck. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. <laughs> so I think that's all the shows. Where are we at? We're uh, at 52 minutes. Do oh, we wanna... Good for us. <laughs> our want... new 52. Do we want to just. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking shit. So do we do we just want to go to the comic books? Let's go to the comic books. Okay, so you uh, wanted to talk about Moon Knight. Uh, I did Moon Knight number three, uh, third issue, uh, written by Warren War- Ellis, Warren Ellis uh, with art by Shelby. Declan Shalvey. Um, this is what the third, fourth Moon Knight series in yes. the last four years. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis, uh, Bendis did took one a turn. With, Rob Williams took a turn. Uh, I don't think it was Rob Williams, but I can't remember who it was. It was Vengeance of the Moon Knight or something, and it, it had good art. But It did. But yeah, Moon Knight's one of those characters that ultimately nobody really gives a shit about because he was I never meant... the essential Moon Knight over there. Well, yeah, but he's never been anything more than a costume. You know, he's been a millionaire, he's been an actor, he's been an insane person. <laughs> you know, he, he's had... Mark Spector and different names and it's just he is all things to all people because all anybody cares about is the costume he was the Batman of Marvel and it's a cool looking costume you know what it is he Rob Williams was writing Dakin Dakin back in the day and there was that was when Bendis had Moon Knight and I think there was some crossover of that character okay into Bendis but I think but it's the costume is the only thing that anybody remembers or cares about so first of all we got an, an issue of this character that almost anybody can have free reign on and you give that to warren ellis which is <laughs> always a good idea yes i mean seriously what he did with uh Stormwatch back in the 90s and so this is moon knight as a whiskey fever dream uh ish <laughs> <laughs> but i mean it, the the plot of this issue is moon knight punches ghosts yeah that's basically it <laughs> He punches. Which could just be a guy in the street flailing Wait. around. Could be, but let me raise the stakes. <laughs> it's Moon Knight punches 1984 <laughs> punk rock ghosts, like the punk rockers from Quincy. Like yeah. stereotypical, <laughs> mohawked, just horrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you've got this overblown big idea to begin with. It's, all right, this is fun. But he does something really brave and interesting in this he takes this character that the only thing anybody cares about is his costume and makes a point of putting him in the dumbest most ridiculous fucking costume well what it felt like to me honestly was okay crazy sir yes we will take you in a limo in a place where you can go out and think that you're punching at ghosts then we will let you get back in the limo go home rummage in your toy box in the attic and because you're an eccentric put on this other dumbass costume and we'll take you back out in the street where you can flail because then we're going to throw somebody $50 to make them forget they saw this I never even thought of that angle <laughs> it's possible yeah he's just crazy as a shithouse rat and people are just taking care of him but yeah, I, I chose to take it at face value and I think it was a really brave thing of of, of Ellis brave if not just like oh screw it let's see what happens or if not just frankly just gobbing in the face of all you care about is this costume fine it goes <laughs> it'll be back next month but uh, let's do this story where we don't care about that costume yeah and, uh, i really had a lot of fun punching punk rock ghosts uh, yeah 
right away i don't i don't care who this character is <laughs> could be anybody it's just fun right out of the gate yeah I, i'm curious to see where he's gonna go with it i i hope he sticks on the book longer than <clears throat> you know a six issue arc or whatever but yeah i'm i'm not sure what his plans are for it a lot of times he does quick hit things of like secret avengers back right. in 2011 right. a book that it wasn't doing a lot for me. It was in my polls because, you know, the owner of my local comic book store, he's extremely lax with his definition of what I want in the polls. <laughs> I said Avengers once, and now I get every Avengers title that has ever been published. <laughs> Avengers Secret Underpants Club. Yeah, so. But, uh, yeah, I really like that one. Uh, and I, I just I thought it was an interesting choice to do away with the one thing anybody really cares about about that character. Mr. Ellis, if you're listening, which we know you're not, uh, more Desolation Jones, please. More Desolation Jones, more Fell. More Fell. Fuck it, more comics. Thanks for coming back to comics. Yes. Last year was a dry goddamn year. Yeah. I right. read Gun Machine. I threw you some money. Come on. <laughs> you know, a little something for the effort. What do you say? He wants you to buy Dead Pig Collector. That's. <laughs> All right. As soon as it's in print. It's like, yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> So yeah, Moon Knight was fun. Yeah, um, in a in a minimalist, tight, what felt like a one and done. I don't think this is leading into other plot points. I don't think. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's the other cool thing about uh, and Ellis did the same thing with Secret Avengers. It's uh, yeah, very quick stories that kind of advance character, but there's no overarching plot. Now I don't know yeah. if that's what his plan is with this, but this particular issue. Yeah, I I don't think we're. What the fuck do you do with punk rock ghosts? Are you going to do a six-issue mini? No, we're <laughs> no, done with them. They're in the box. It's over. What's in the box? <laughs> dead punk rock ghosts. Dead, dead punk rock ghosts. <laughs> Get them, Ray. <laughs> Don't cross the streams. <laughs> but uh, what else do we want to talk about? We wanted to talk about um, no, I'm, an ultimate Spider-Man. You took mine, I took yours. So yeah, Miles... <laughs> Miles Morales, uh, Ultimate Spider-Man number one, uh, the second Ultimate Spider-Man number one since we started in 2011, the fourth correct. Ultimate Spider-Man number one since the Ultimate line started in 2000. Yep. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis wrote it. David Marquez drew it. I uh, enjoyed David Marquez's art in this. I just want to go up up front with that. That was that was very enjoyable. Yeah. No, he's yeah got a you know, finish line. Uh, Detailed I could follow being overly all the layouts. Detail- Bendis didn't give him any weird notes that created like a "Where am I going on the page?" Yeah, I don't recall any huge double edge, uh, double page spreads. Where there's something about. Have we talked about this before? Yes. Well, if not, we've definitely written about it. Yeah, it's there's something about how Bendis describes books where artists wind up doing double page spreads where the top area of the page has some kind of panel break right on the spine of the fucking book which may look fine if you're doing a large splash on digital comics but some of us still enjoy our handheld paper ones yeah and the visual cues are read top left to center oh there's a break go down and to the left yeah which puts you now you're a page and a half behind trying to figure out what the fuck happened (laughs) it's like you did a mind eraser shot (laughs) and then spun in a circle around a wiffle ball bat it's so I didn't see anything like that in here. So at least on this book, everybody got their shit together to keep it readable. Yay! Um, yeah, it's good to see Miles growing up a little bit. Yeah. You know, from the early days, I always liked him as a character. I don't have anything in common with a 13-year-old no, well, superhero. Yeah, on a certain level, this book, Miles Morales as a character was not written for you and me. 
it was written for kids that were 12 and up. <laughs> yeah, which is fine. I don't have anything in common with Miles Morales in high school either. I just yeah. have clearer memories of high school and think that somebody might make more conscious choices to be a hero beyond a 13-year-old going, Wee! <laughs> <laughs> I've got web shooters! And that's, and that's a separate issue, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Um, but in this book, in addition to rebooting it, it's not so much that they're rebooting Miles Morales, it's that they, spoilers kids, are taking the opportunity to bring back Norman, Stormin Norman Osborn from the, the crazy factory, or S.H.I.E.L.D. S.H.I.E.L.D. apparently is no more in this book. Yeah. Um, and also, Peter Parker's no longer dead. No, he's dead. We got more fucking clones. I get, it's more you think clones. It's clones? I, they're not going to backslide on two years of Peter Parker being dead. Not with that kind of reveal at the end of it where he's just sort of... Looking for his stuff randomly. Yeah, they're looking for his shit like they... <laughs> Like an ex-girlfriend, they're done fucking, and he wants his <laughs> CDs and web shooters back. <laughs> well, all right, there there are some things that point towards the possibility of clones. We'll get to that in a second. On the other hand, they did make a point of saying that the public at large thought that Norman Osborn was dead, but Nick Fury did one of those things where he made people think he was dead, but then just disappeared him. So it's entirely possible he might have done the same thing with Peter Parker. It's possible, but... It's Fury. All right, we're just going to spoil the shit out of this book. So <laughs> we see Miles spend time with Mary Jane trying to figure out the problem of whether Miles should tell his new girlfriend whether or not he's Spider-Man. Yep. Do you think Peter Parker would, quote-unquote, come back from witness protection and go to Miles' house and not Aunt May or Mary Jane or Gwen Stacy? I think it depends on why he's back and how long he's planning on staying. This is Peter Parker we're talking about. Yeah, no, you, you raised a good point. And another thing that points towards clone, although to be fair, even if he is a clone and he's got you know the same memories and all of that, it still would follow why isn't he going to MJ's first. Yeah, but we've uh, in the original Ultimates clone saga, we saw that the cloning was imperfect. There were right. problems. For Christ, Spider-Woman is Peter Parker's clone. Yeah. He got cloning down the way Miles Warren did back in 1976. <laughs> um, there are, in this book also, what they're calling the Spider-Man twins running around in what appear to be um, like the some sort of Spider-Man suit that looks like a hybrid with the, the Shocker suit. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit, but... Realist, I see why everybody in the book is saying Spider-Man. It's just the big lensed eyes. Yeah. There, there was nothing there showing spider powers or... No. So uh, that'll sort of be a blind, but, you know, Spider-Man isn't Spider-Man without being seen as an enemy to society. So at least for a while, I don't think Miles has really had to deal with that. Yeah. You know, except with his father. Right. I mean, that's one of the weirder things about this book. And, and it's just, you know, we are not parents we don't have anybody in school i haven't seen the inside of a classroom yep since i went to my senior seminar shit-faced in 1993 <laughs> um seems odd that miles dad is missing miles mom is dead and miles is just at school going home to an empty apartment i didn't get a sense of I didn't get a sense of legal guardianship for Miles Morales. I don't know who's keeping uh, track of him. No, he said something about like he's been staying at some friend's house, but then going home and breaking into his apartment to get clean underwear. Okay, I, I may have missed that. 
Um, I forget which friend he's staying with. Is it Gonky? Probably. Yeah, I'll never be able to pronounce that correctly. Gank. Gank. Oh, my God. If I had to go through <laughs> life named Gank, I, too, would be heavily into Legos in my own fantasy world. Gank. <laughs> Gank is a verb. Yeah, it's... every day before I go on to Gank's mom's house, I stop by my apartment, okay. he says. All right, I may have just missed that. Uh, it was when he was having his moment where he realized that maybe he should tell this girlfriend, but he doesn't. That's when she's all like, hey, I texted you, and you didn't answer me, and he's all like, yeah, I was studying. <laughs> totally wasn't out being Spider-Man. You don't know that I'm Spider-Man. <laughs> well, it is one of those things that even in Bendis's original uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, you know, of, of course a teenager who's... In that first love that it really takes years of heartbreak and systematic yeah. substance abuse to tell you, oh, yeah, that was crap. I was just trying to get my dick wet. And I didn't know the difference. Yeah. Of course he would tell Mary Jane that he was Spider-Man. And, of course, Miles is tempted to tell What's-Her-Face that he's Spider-Man. It's far more realistic than, oh, I must keep my secret. Yeah, fuck that. you got to tell somebody. Did he ever somebody. tell Gwen Stacy? No. Uh, in, the, in Amazing yeah. Spider-Man? No. Because well, that's just it. I mean, Mary Jane at least makes the point of saying, look, if you love her, if you really love her, tell her. Because if, if Peter had gone through life lying to me, I would have dumped his ass. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and well, I would have done it sooner than later because of the amount of time that he had disappeared from my life. Well, in Amazing, they kind of headed off having to tell Gwen anything by killing her father and making her hate Spider-Man. Yeah. But so. my, my thought there, though, is just, you know... Peter went through a fair amount more life experience before he got to Mary Jane. <laughs> yeah, Miles has. Yeah, that's true. Although not by much at this point, Miles is in high school. It's a couple years on, so yeah. Peter was fifteen or sixteen. Miles is fourteen or fifteen. So close enough. Yeah, but <clears throat> she, Mary Jane points out to him that if you if you're gonna tell her that you're Spider Man, you may as well just marry her because you've already basically done that. <laughs> <laughs> if I had spider powers and you wanted to see my Spider-Man no more. Oh, it's like marrying her. Thank you. Got to go. <laughs> I'm going to solve this problem in the only way that allows me to keep getting laid. Spider-Man goes. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> but that's why I'm nobody's superhero. Aw, uh, you're my hero, sweetie. Oh. <laughs> you bring me whiskey. What, now? You want to do that? <laughs> we should wrap this up. We should do it quick. But yeah, I mean, I liked the new Ultimate Spider-Man, but I liked it in 2011 when it was the new Ultimate Spider-Man, and you know, Bendis writes a good Spider-Man, and Miles Morales is a good character. I don't want to see any more fucking clones. <laughs> yeah. I'm tired of seeing clones. Attention, Brian Michael Bendis. No more clones. I've been seeing clones and clones done badly since I was seven years old. I don't need to see any more fucking Spider-Clones. Brian Michael Bendis, send in the clones. No. You were the worst. <laughs> You're terrible. Well, I'm not saying that I want to see the clones sitting there by the phone for 42 minutes eating chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> what title did I think of for this? What was the title I came up with? I don't remember. I don't know. I don't listen to you. Yeah, nobody should listen to this show. It's just... <laughs> I'll, I'll listen to the first five minutes or I'll make something up. I think it's somewhere around the seven-minute mark. I don't know. Yeah, shit. <laughs> yeah, that's a, the live to tape and unscripted. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So is there anything else we wanted to do uh, this week? Like I said, it's it's a weird one. Uh, it is now 522 Boston time. Uh, 
on Saturday, which means it's beer o'clock. Yeah. No, I think so. we've we've <clears throat> covered everything to the degree that it can be covered. Okay. So, yeah, I guess we will wrap this up. Uh, thank you for listening. This is the Crisis on Infinite Midlife show, episode 14. We'll figure out the title after we go back and listen to the tape. Drunk? Yeah. Um, so, insert title here. Insert <laughs> shit. I don't know. But, so, yes. Thank you for listening. And, uh, and derp. Derp. Christ, I really need some booze. <laughs> this is just horrible. <laughs>